How many of you know how true that is? Just praise the Lord and it'll make you feel better. Amen? Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Praise will make you feel better. Why? Because the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. And if His presence doesn't make you feel better, I don't know what else can. Amen? But His presence. Thank you. Praise team and praise band for leading us into the presence of the Lord. I'm going to ask that you just remain standing just for a moment, just for a moment as we go to the Lord in prayer one more time. But before we do that, the title of the message this evening is The Fruit of the Spirit, Part 1. I tried to condense it as best as I can to get it into week one, but there was so much material, so much on my heart, so much truth that I felt that we could get from this one fruit that I'm going to take two weeks to cover this one virtue My prayer is that you are patient with me as we do that. Amen? So now let's just go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, and for your grace. We thank you, Father, that you have the power to make us feel better in whatever situation or circumstance we find ourselves in. Thank you that you're in this house tonight, Lord God, that we didn't gather in vain, but that we are in your presence in your house. And so, Father, tonight I pray that your anointing would also be in this place, that you would rest upon me, upon my words, upon my mind, upon my body, that you would rest upon your people as well. As we always pray, come against every hindering spirit, every distraction, every disruption, all of the things of the week, the cares and the concerns, Father God of the day, so that we could focus on you, that we could eat of the bread of life and be satisfied tonight. Change us by the power of your word, and in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. All I got people said, amen, as you are seated. Like I said, the, the title of the message is, The Fruit of the Spirit is Patience. And for many of us, patience is the most difficult fruit or virtue for us to develop or produce in our lives. It's often the most fleeting of all of the virtues that we will look at in this series, but nonetheless, it is a fruit or a virtue We have been called to bear. No matter how difficult it is, it is still a fruit or a virtue that we have been called to produce or manifest in our lives. It's one of the nine virtues that God comes looking for in the garden of our lives, church. And whenever He doesn't find it, the reality is He goes away disappointed. When He comes into your life, when He comes into my life, and He does not find this virtue of Uh, patience being developed and produced in our lives, he goes away disappointed. I don't know about you, but I don't want to disappoint God. It's why I'm telling you, church, as I go through this sermon, I go through this uh, particular virtue, I've had to preach this to me more than anyone else. So when, when I preach tonight, I want you to understand this message is to me from the Holy Ghost. And if you benefit from it, then you benefit from it. Amen. But the reality is He expects us to bear the fruit of patience because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and then patience. And tonight, that's what we're going to look at, patience in our problems and patience with people as well. Amen? They're two of the most difficult areas of our life to produce the fruit of patience, but we are to produce them in our life anyway. How many of you know that with God's help, all things are possible? even patience. Amen. 
So whenever you're struggling uh, developing this fruit, all we got to do is turn to God. Amen. It's what we have to learn to do. To give us a better understanding of the fruit of patience and God's call for us to bear it, there's a story of a young Christian man who truly had a desire to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he goes to an older, more mature Christian for help. Will you please pray for me that I may be more patient in my problems and in my struggles and with people as well? He asked the elder Christian man. So the two of them knelt together before the Lord and the man began to pray and cry out, O Lord, send this young man tribulation in the morning. Send him fiery trials in the afternoon. And O Lordy, as the sun goes down, please send this young man. And before the old man could finish praying his prayer, the young man interrupted and said, Oh no, stop. No, no. I didn't ask for trials and for fiery tribulations to come my way. I wanted you to pray for patience. To which the old man said, I know that young man and it's exactly what I just did. I prayed for patience. Because in all reality, church, that's how patience is produced in our lives. It's produced through trials and tribulations. Whether we like it or not, patience, according to the Word of God, is produced through heartache and through headache, through struggles and through storms. And that's the problem with patience, church. We want it, but we don't want what it takes to produce it in our lives, just like the young man in this story. But the reality is, according to James 1, that's exactly what trials do. They develop patience in our lives. Trials and tribulations, they mature us in the Lord and in these virtues that we have looked at and will look at still. Because James 1 says, and patience must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, James said. Not lacking any other fruit. Not lacking any of the virtues that we have looked at or will look at in the weeks to come. Not lacking the qualities and character of Jesus Christ in our lives. The reality is, according to the word that we just read and other scriptures, which I'll touch on today, but especially next week, the reality is without patience, we cannot be complete. James said that we must allow the patience to complete its work so that we might be complete. And the reality is without patience, we cannot be complete in our spiritual development. Without patience, we cannot be kind. Without patience, we cannot be good. Without patience, we cannot be gentle or practice self-control in our lives. Without patience, the rest of these virtues cannot be fully produced in our lives, church. And we will not be mature in the Lord, but rather we will be immature and infants instead. One of the greatest difficulties we have with patience is that it has to be developed, church, in our lives. It has to finish its work in our lives. It doesn't happen overnight like some of us would love for it to happen, church. Like this young man who thought that patience could be uh, processed and, and produced in his life in one prayer session with a Christian man. But that's not how patience is produced in our lives. It takes time like we've learned. And often, church, patience it requires a, a painful process. 
A process most of us like this young man don't want to go through. But if we want to be mature in the Lord, we must let patience be produced in our lives. If we want to be complete, church, if you want to have the virtues to be full and ripe in your life, you must allow patience to complete its work in our lives. And the reality is it has to be produced in us. The reality is, according to the Word of God, patience has to be produced in you and it has to be produced in me. The truth is, it's our responsibility to let patience complete its process in our lives. It's our responsibility to let patience complete or finish its work in our lives so that we can be mature and complete Christians lacking in nothing. Amen? Not lacking in kindness, not lacking in goodness, not lacking in faithfulness, not lacking in gentleness, not lacking in self-control like the Word of God says. Not lacking in the characteristics of Christ's kingdom. To help us better understand this personal responsibility we have towards patience, we have to look back at the foundational fruit or the virtues that we've already looked at. So far in our series, and not to repeat the whole thing, but to give you an understanding and a difference, but uh, I give you an understanding of the difference between the first three and the next three virtues in our life. So far in our series on the fruit of the Spirit, we looked at the love of the Father. We looked at a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. We looked at a peace that passes all understanding, a supernatural peace, a peace that this world can't give and the world can't take away, a peace that the Bible says was given to us by God. And when you look at these first three virtues, it's easy to see where they're cultivated. It's quite clear as to where they are produced, and that's in glory, church. It's in kingdom soil. It's easy to see that the fruit of love and joy and peace come from one place, and that's from the sanctuary of God, just like we've learned over the last few weeks. According to the Word of God, He gave us His love. According to the Word of God, He gave us His joy. According to the Word of God, He gave us His peace, church. And for all intents and purposes, God doesn't have to do anything more concerning the first three virtues that we've looked at because the truth is they have already been provided for us. They have already been given to us in full. Like I said, He gave us His love, He gave us His joy, and He gave us His peace, church. The reality is they have been given to us as in full. He lavished his love upon us. He poured it out profusely, the Bible says. He gave us a joy that's already full. It's not empty. There's no need for anything more. He already gave us a joy, has provided for us a joy that's full and a supernatural peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away. They are all without lack and they are all already made full through Jesus Christ. But the next three virtues of patience and kindness and goodness still have to be developed in our lives, church. And the hardest part is they have to be developed in us. They have to be developed in our lives. They have to be developed in our hearts and in our words and in our actions. They have to be cultivated in the soil of our soul, church, even in the midst of trying times, even in the midst of struggles, even in the midst of storms, even when you find yourself in the midst of difficult people, amen? God wants the fruit of patience to be developed in our lives. I'm not going to get all theological about it, but I hope you see the difference. The first three virtues had already been cultivated in the kingdom of God and they had been provided to us and given to us through Jesus Christ. But once those, once those 
uh, virtues, once that fruit is given to us and granted to us, now it allows the fruit of patience to be developed in our lives. And this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. Again, the love and the joy and the peace that we've already looked at come from another kingdom. But patience has to come from us, church. Of course it's the fruit of the Spirit. Of course it comes from Jesus Christ. Of course you and I can't be patient without the Spirit of God operating in our lives. But my point is simply this. Patience must be produced in you and it must be produced in me. We can't sit around and say patience has already been produced in the, in the kingdom of heaven. Listen, it must be produced in you and me. It is a fruit that you and I must bring forth. We are responsible for allowing or letting patience finish its work in our individual lives. And unfortunately, God uses problems and people to make that happen. He uses trials and tribulations to develop this fruit of patience in our life. He allows us to go through storms and He allows us to go through struggles so that this fruit, this virtue of patience can complete its work and be fully developed in our lives. Amen? And the reality is, listen, if we don't allow it to develop in our lives, we'll walk around like immature infants our entire life and we will never be spiritually mature in the Lord. If you want to become mature in the Lord, you've got to let God's plan be done in your life. If you want to be mature in the Lord, you've got to learn how to endure some trials and tribulations and struggles. If you want to be mature in the Lord and complete in these virtues in your life, you must allow patience to complete its work and finish its work in your life. You see, the sad reality is most of us, oh, like, like Pastor Darrell said tonight, when everything's going good, we worship God and praise God. But when the sky turns gray, what happens, church, to our praise? What happens to our patience? The reality is when things are going, oh, I'm patient in these situations and that. But when difficult times come or trying times come into our life, what happens with this virtue called patience? Far too often the sad reality is, remember, I'm preaching about me and not you. Far too often there's too much spiritual immaturity in my life in relation to the patience that I fail to demonstrate and the impatience that I do demonstrate. And if you're all honest with yourself, you'll say, yes, Lordy, that's me too. Amen? Sad reality is, far too often, we're demonstrating spiritual immaturity instead of spiritual maturity in our life. And I believe with all of my heart that it hinges on this virtue called patience. You and I cannot be mature in the Lord until we understand and have this fruit of patience fully developed in our lives. We'll be immature. We'll act the way we shouldn't act in the midst of every situation. But when we allow the fruit of patience to to finish its work, you can walk through the valley. You can go through the wilderness. You can go through the trying times. You can face the lions. You can face difficult people. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. Guess what? Patience has completed its work in your life. And you are able to demonstrate a spiritual maturity in the midst of your difficulties and situations, church. The word patience that's used in Galatians chapter 5 when describing the fruit of the Spirit in the Greek, it is the word Hypomone, which is made up of two other words, hypo meaning under and moneo meaning to remain or especially to abide. 
And as you've already learned, church, over the last few weeks or the last couple of weeks, we should already know what abide means. Amen? It means to constantly reside without vacancy. It means to constantly reside without packing our bags and walking out of the situation we find ourselves in. It means to constantly abide without checking out, church, in the middle of the night. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? That's what abide means. It means to constantly reside without vacancy, without checking out. It means to stay in place or to be firmly planted. It means to be consistently loyal and submitted to God and His plan, whatever that plan might be. You see, this young man in the story that I told you before, he wanted patience, but he doesn't understand what was part of God's plan to get there. You see, the sad reality is a lot of us don't understand that, that, that struggles and storms are part of God's plan in our lives. They're part of his plan to mature us. They're part of his plan to strengthen us. They're part of his plan to, to, to motivate us and to, to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's part of God's plan, and we have to understand that. And I'm going to look at that in detail next week. But tonight, I want to just lay the foundation of where we're going. Abide means to be uh, consistently loyal and submitted to God's plan, whatever it might be. Therefore, the idea of patience, the heart of patience, the divine design of patience, it means this, to abide under difficult circumstances. That's what patience means. It means to abide. It means to stand firm. It means to not check out on God when things get tough. It means to stand still and know that He's God. That's what patience means, church. It means to constantly reside in the midst of difficult problems, in the midst of difficult people, in the midst of all of the storms and all the struggles of life. This is the virtue of patience, and it's what we have been called to bear. Remember, Jesus said, I have chosen you to bear fruit and fruit that will last. I have chosen you to bear patience and patience that will last. Patience that will last in the trying times, patience that will last in the difficult times, patience that will last through the trials and the tribulations of life. That's the virtue that we are talking about tonight. Jesus literally was saying, I have chosen you to bear hypomone during the struggles and the storms that might surround you. I have chosen you to abide even under difficult conditions in your life. That's what I've chosen you to do. You understand what God is saying? I have chosen you as earthly men and earthly women. I've chosen you as flawed individuals to to bear up, to abide even under difficult situations and circumstances because when you abide in a difficult situation... When you don't check out on God, when everything around you is going the wrong way, when you stand firm in the midst of your struggles, church, and other individuals see that something happens in their life. We've learned this over the last few weeks, but it amazes me how all of these virtues and fruits tie together and how important it is for us to bear this fruit because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about you being healing and you being food like we learned about a couple of weeks ago, church. This is what God has chosen us for. He didn't choose us to get our name up in lights. He didn't choose us to, to, to have a penthouse suite. 
He didn't choose us to drive a big car. And even though he, he blesses us and those things happen and he allows those things to, to be developed in our life, that's not what he chose us for. He chose us to go and bear fruit that the world might see. He chose us to go and bear fruit in the midst of every difficult situation, storm and struggle that you might find yourself in. So this world might taste and see that he's good. Again, it sounds a little repetitive, but I want you to understand what patience truly means. We have to stand firm in the midst of everything that we are going through. This is the virtue Paul speaks of in Galatians chapter 5. But James, however, uses another word for patience, in, which is macrothymia, meaning to wait and watch. Macrothymia. This is the, the verse that Paul used when I, or, or that James used earlier when he said, and patience must finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, lacking, not lacking in anything. That word patience is macrothymia that he's using there. And it means to wait and to watch. Like the farmer has to be patient for the crop to grow. Like the farmer has to wait and watch for something to happen to that little seed that he planted out in a field, church. You understand what I'm saying? So must we be patient when it comes to God working and developing the fruit of the Spirit and the characters of His kingdom in our lives. So often we come to God and we say, Oh God, you know, uh, God, I need this and I need this and I need this and I want to be like you and God help me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we think it's going to happen overnight. We think it's going to happen after one prayer. No, that's not what patience is about. Patience takes time. Patience means waiting and watching for God to act or move or respond or to speak on our behalf. That's what patience is all about. This is the fruit God wants us to to produce and to bear in our lives. He wants to understand. He wants us to know that when we come into His presence, we have to learn how to wait and watch. Wait on God. Watch for Him. Here's the thing. I don't know any farmers. And if you do, he's a bad farmer. But I don't know any farmers that go out one night, plant a whole bunch of seed, and run out every single night and dig it up to see if it's growing. I don't know any farmer that plants any seed in the ground and runs out there day after day to pull it up and see if there's any root, see if there's any growth. He has to wait and watch through the storms, through the sun, through the drought, through the hard times, through the sunny day, the rainy days. He has to wait and watch. He has to wait and trust. He has to wait for the giver of life to produce something that could never be produced on its own. And listen, we have to do the same thing when we bring a need to God, when we bring a request to God, when we come into the presence of God and we, we place or present our requests like I talked about last week before God, we have to learn to be patient, to wait and watch for God to move. And so often, like I said, ah, oh, God didn't hear me, I give up. Didn't hear me tonight, didn't listen tonight, didn't respond tonight, God, I give up. If you really cared, you'd act right now. You know how desperate I am, God. But listen, that's not how God works. Amen? What we have to understand about these two words is they are actually military terms. In the Greek and in the Hebrew and back then, they were used in military terms and they relate to the difficulties in the battles of life. Both of these words relate to the struggles and the troubles of life, to the difficulties that you and I will face on a daily basis because that's what the Christian life is all about. 
The Christian life, if you haven't discovered this by now, is a daily battle. The Christian life is a daily battle against the flesh. Amen? It's a daily battle against the the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. It's a daily battle against the carnal kingdom that is trying to cultivate itself in our lives. Listen, this is what we battle against. If anyone has ever told you that Christianity is all a bed of roses, they don't know what they're talking about. Because, Because Christianity is a daily battle. And for us to make it through the battle, we must have this virtue called patience. We must understand that every day we're going to face a struggle of one degree or another. That's not saying that every day hell breaks loose in your life. But we need to understand that we're in a battle, church. We're in a spiritual battle. We're we're, we're battling against principalities. We're battling against demons. We're battling against the kingdom of darkness. We're battling against evil rulers that want to cultivate their kingdom in our lives, church. Listen, every time you turn on the TV... Every time you step out in this world, this world is trying to cultivate its kingdom in your life. Every day that you send your kids out there into the world, the world is trying to cultivate its kingdom in their lives, its kingdom in their mind, its kingdom in their speech, its kingdom in their dress, its kingdom in everything that they do and you do and I do. This world is trying to cultivate its own kingdom. That's why there is a daily battle. You and I have to battle the flesh every single day. We have to battle this, this kingdom of darkness every single day. And if we don't have this fruit of patience, listen, we can't be complete. Amen? We have to allow this fruit, we have to allow this virtue to finish its work in our lives. Sometimes I think patience in my own life is spelt impossible. Talking about my life, not your life. Amen? The truth is, patience so often seems like the impossible fruit for me to bear in certain conditions or in certain company or in certain situations, church. It's one of the pieces of fruit or the one virtue that so often seems to spoil, at least in my life. It's the one virtue, church, that seems to be the most difficult to cultivate in my life. And like I said earlier, if you're honest with yourself, I believe some of you would say, that's me too. I believe that if God ever comes into the garden of my life and goes away disappointed, it's when he does not find the fruit of patience being cultivated in my life. If there was one area where I would say, yeah, God more often than not is disappointed in Pastor Jeff Merriman, it's when he walks into my life and cannot find this fruit of patience flourishing in my life, completing its work in my life. When he can't find this thing called patience, full and fruitful, hanging from my branches, easy to see. You see, if you remember in Galatians chapter 5, the previous verses before he talks about the fruit of the Spirit in 22, he reminds us how obvious the fruits of the flesh are. Amen? And sadly, impatience in my life, impatience is far too often obvious. Far too often, I think God is disappointed. I'm not beating up on Pastor Jeff tonight, and I'm not beating up on you. I'm just telling you that when it comes to this fruit of patience, it's an area, I believe, more than any other, that among God's people, God is disappointed. 
because he does not find that fruit flourishing in our lives. I think my patience is tried more than any other virtue of them all. It's the area of my life I find myself needing to work on the most, church. The truth is, to some degree, every single one of us need to let patience complete its work in our lives. We need to be a patient patient, amen, undergoing God's work in our lives. It's what a patient is with a T that goes to the doctor, goes to the hospital. A patient is someone going un, uh, undergoing a procedure, undergoing an operation, undergoing something, undergoing the care of the doctor. That's what a patient is. When you go to see a doctor, you're his patient. You're undergoing his care. And please listen to me. The reality is when we're going through trying times and difficult times, God is trying to develop something in our lives. God is at work in our lives like a doctor is at work in a patient's life. God is at work in our lives even in the trying times. When you're going through a struggle, stop and understand that God is at work and God is doing something in your life. When you're going through the fire, when you're going through the flame, when you're going through a trial and a tribulation, you need to stop and not grumble, but think and remember that God is developing and doing something in my life. When all hell seems to be breaking loose and, 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 and the, the sun just doesn't seem to shine, you need to understand that God is developing maturity in my life. That God is developing Christian character in my life. That God is developing the fruit of righteousness in my life. That God is cultivating the kingdom of God in my life. Every time I go through a trial, every time I go through a tribulation, through a storm or through a struggle, God is at work. And the question is, am I a patient, patient when he does? Am I patient when I'm under God's care? Am I patient when I'm under his development? Am I patient when he's trying to develop something in my life, church, to make me strong and make me mature? Sad reality is far too many times I kick against it. And guess what happens? When you kick against God... You stay immature. When you kick, kick against God, there remains empty places in your life. You remain incomplete as a Christian. But patience is the fundamental building block of the rest of these virtues that we'll look at as we go. And we cannot forget that when we go through the trying times of our life. In order to, to determine if we are a patient patient, I'll take some time get a little lighthearted here. But in order for us to determine if we are a patient patient in God, we need to ask ourselves some questions. Questions I had to ask myself. And I'm not asking you because you might be tried in a different area than me. Amen? But questions like when you're in the fast lane of traffic, needing to get somewhere in a hurry, you end up stuck behind a slowpoke that hasn't discovered third gear, let alone fourth gear, fifth gear. What happens to your patience, church? Do we allow it to complete its work in our lives or does it transform into impatience as well? Is this situation allowed to mature us or does immaturity flourish in this situation or setting instead? I've heard my wife, I've heard my kids on many occasions say, Jeff, they can't hear you as I'm fussing at that slowpoke. Whereas I'm fussing at the individual that gave them a driver's license in the first place. You see, that's my struggle with patience. Happens to be in the car. But the reality is what she is doing 
when she makes those comments. What the Holy Spirit is doing when she or my kids make those comments is reminding me that I'm not complete in my patience. Those comments are reminding me that I'm not complete in my fruit, that I'm demonstrating spiritual immaturity instead of spiritual maturity, church. It's sad, but it's true. The truth is when we are impatient, we're not demonstrating spiritual maturity in our lives. And we need to be reminded of that from time to time so that we might be made complete, amen, lacking in nothing. So that we might be a right reflection of Jesus Christ. So that the fruit of the Spirit might be full and ripe in our lives. Listen, when the kids are screaming, when the husband won't help, when the teen won't obey, when the phone won't stop ringing, when the wife won't stop nagging, when the pressure keeps building, when time is running out, when we're down to the last nerve, when, we, when they just won't leave us alone, what happens to patience in our lives? Do we allow it to finish its work in the midst of our trial or does it spoil on the vine? Unfortunately, Far too often in all of these trying times, church, patience becomes the hardest thing to hold on to. Becomes the hardest thing for us to produce in our lives. Again, I'm speaking to me. You might be perfect in your patience, but I'm standing here tonight telling you I'm not. That I need to work on my patience. That that it's got some room to grow in my life. And this is why this word applies to me. When you have two items in your hand and you step into the express checkout aisle that exists solely for those busy individuals like you or me with 10 or less items in their hand and a woman with 30 items cuts in in front of you and begins to talk like to the cashier like she's her lost best friend forever. What happens to our patients, church? How often does it become restless? How often does it shrivel on the vine? And what grade would we give ourselves at a moment like that when impatience starts to develop in our lives? Then if that's not enough to try us, if that's not enough to test us, church, if that's not enough to complete our patience, as Scripture says, instead of using cash or a credit card to speed things up, the woman pulls out the checkbook instead. Not that there's anything wrong with using a checkbook, amen, but there's no place for a checkbook in the speedy checkout lane. You need to swipe that credit card and get on moving. What happens to our patients, church? What happens if that's not enough? The reality is we have to judge ourselves and test ourselves against questions like this. The reality is we find ourselves in a situation like that while she, ladies there, or man, men use checks too, writing out that check, we think if we stare hard enough... Think if we sigh loud enough, we think if we push the buggy close enough, maybe they'll speed things up and we can get on our way and we can make it through this test. But the reality is if if your life is like my life, God notices that I'm not passing this test. So the test doesn't stop there. 
You see, that's the thing with patience. If we don't learn it in the beginning, boy, it drags out until we learn. But if it's not enough for someone with 30 items to get in front of us, if it's not enough for her to talk to that person like they're their best long-lost friend, talking about everything under the sun, if it's not enough that they pull out a checkbook, and if it's not enough that our urging won't get them moving, just when we think she's about to leave and get out of that aisle, she takes out her calculator and she begins to balance her ledger right there in the speedy aisle checkout lane. Maybe that doesn't affect you one bit. But I need patience to complete its work when that happens in my life. Listen, I know that that's lighthearted. But for me, the fruit of patience fails far too often in my life in simple little situations like that because of 20 extra items. That's not the fruit of patience. That's the fruit of the flesh. Your situation might be something completely different. Yours might be at the workplace with some arrogant boss. It must, might be with your finances. It might be with your spouse. It might be with your children. But I'm telling you, every single day, God will bring some test or trial into our lives concerning this, this virtue of patience. And they are trying and they are difficult, like the Word of God says, so they will mature us. Listen, the, the sad reality is, boy, I, I wonder sometimes, my wife says this to me on occasion, you ought to listen to yourself. <laughs> when I get going in that little mood, you know, that I shouldn't be in, you ought to listen to yourself. And then the reality is, if I did listen to myself, I'd probably be embarrassed. And so would you. But what we have to be reminded of is that God listens to it every day. He doesn't just listen to the words that come out of our mouth. He listens to the thoughts and the intentions of our heart, church. We don't have to say a single, a single thing standing in that aisle. But God sees that ugly fruit of impatience blossoming all over the place in certain situations in our life. And when that happens, guess what we got to do? We got to cut it down. We got to cut it off. We got to cultivate the soil of our soul with a little bit of something. Maybe a little bit of praise. Maybe a little bit of thanksgiving. Maybe a little bit of meditation while I'm standing there in my trial so that the fruit of patience can flourish in my life instead of impatience. This world should not see these ugly fleshly fruits developing in our lives, church. But the sad reality is they do. We're human. And when we see them, we have to identify them. When we see them, we have to go to God and say, God, like this young man, pray. I need patience, God. But boy, please understand, when you pray for patience, you better be ready to go through some tough times. You better be ready to go through some trials and tribulations, amen, because that's how, that's how it is developed in our lives. The problem with patience, like I said, is that we want it, but we don't want what it takes to produce it. The problem with patience is this ugly thing called impatience. It's like I said, impatience is the fruit of the flesh and not the fruit of the Spirit. It's an immature spirit. And unfortunately, it's found in far too many of our lives, including my own church. And the reality is we're living in a society that doesn't help at all. 
We're on the fast track. We're in a rat race. We're in a world of fast food and quick prints and expressways and 10-minute oil changes and instant cameras and instant pudding and overnight shipping. We're living in a world of same-day dry cleaning and microwave meals and one-hour photos and instant messages, church. And we can't even wait for regular email anymore. They have to be instant. You have to twit them or tweet them or chirp them or whatever that is out there that they say. Because we are an impatient people. We are an impatient people. We are children of the Most High God. We are children of El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God, the one who's able to meet all of our needs according to His riches and glory. We're children of Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We're children of Jehovah Nissi, the one who gives us a banner of victory. We're, We're children of Jehovah Shalom, the one who gives us peace. We are children of the Most High God and yet we are bearing the fruit of impatience in our lives. It makes no sense to me, but it happens all the time. We should be the most patient people on the face of this earth, amen? Because of the love of God, because of the joy of God, and because of the peace of God that has flooded our lives. We should be the most patient people on the face of this earth, church. I should be. But far too often I'm not. And when I'm not, it means that I need to do something in the soil of my soul. It means that far too often I'm not allowing this fruit of patience or patience to complete its work in our lives. This is what we have to understand. We're living in a society that doesn't help this this spirit of impatience. The truth is, there's even a church in Florida that advertises 22-minute services. Go there and they promise that in 22 minutes it will all be over and you'll be on your way to the beach. Worship, prayer, and and the Word of God all in 22 minutes. We wonder why our culture, we wonder why our society, we wonder why our homes and our marriages are falling apart. We wonder why our churches are stale and why they're drying and why they're dying on the vine because we are not maturing because we are not allowing patience to complete its work in our lives. Amen? The problem is, so often we act like there's no need to tarry, no need to linger, no need to wait on the Lord. The problem is that there is no macrothymia going on in our lives, no waiting and no watching, no being still and knowing that He is God, which I will really focus on next week when we look at the children of Israel on their journey to the Red Sea. But the reality is we want everything God has for us, but we want it right now. There's nothing wrong with wanting everything God has for us, but we're not always going to get it right now. You're not going to get it when you want it. You're going to get it when you need it, church. How many of you know God doesn't work that way in our lives? God doesn't work on our schedule, amen? He doesn't work according to our time frame. He doesn't work according to our will. He doesn't work according to our wants, church. When God develops you and me, He is not in the FedEx business. He doesn't always deliver overnight, church. Sometimes we must tarry. Sometimes we must wait. Sometimes, like Elijah, we got to go back seven times to see if God's moving on our behalf. Amen? And again, we'll look at that next week. But the reality is, when it comes to patience, God doesn't use microwaves to develop spiritual maturity in our lives. 
He uses trials and he uses tribulations. He uses storms and he uses certain situations and circumstances in our lives. He, he, he is a crockpot God instead of a microwave God. You see, the sad reality is we think God's a microwave God. Hey, God, I need it right now. Pop in a prayer and two minutes later, 22 minutes later, I'm on my way to the beach with everything God has for me. But listen... I'll take a crockpot meal over a microwave meal any day because it's fuller, it's richer, and it's better. And if you want your life to be fuller, richer, and better, you got to allow God to put you in his crockpot and slowly and steadily and faithfully mature you. Steadily, slowly, and faithfully strengthen you, church. This is what you need to understand. Here's what I want to want you to realize as I bring this to a close. If you know anything about butterflies, if a butterfly doesn't go through the process of pressure when it comes out of its cocoon, it will never fully develop. When a butterfly comes out of its cocoon, if it doesn't go through the pressure and the struggle of coming through that tiny little hole that it chews out. It only chews out a small portion because God created it that way. Because God even knew that if the butterfly didn't go through the pressure, that it would never fly. Why? Because when the butterfly goes through that small little hole and the pressure builds up in its life, it's what straightens out the wings. It's what flows the blood to the extremities of the wings. It's what makes the the butterfly strong and capable to fly. And if you actually go and cut the hole of a cocoon in order to help the butterfly out, it comes out with shriveled up wings and it will never fly. It will come out deformed. It will not come out complete. It will crawl on the ground just like a caterpillar and it will never fly like it was designed to. And the same thing goes for you and me. God uses prayer pressure to strengthen us. God uses pressure to develop us. And we, when we try to get away from it, we'll never be complete. When we try to cut that hole a little bit bigger and say, God, take the pressure away and take the trial away and take the struggle away, we will never be mature in the Lord. We'll always crawl and complain. We will crawl along the low places of life instead of flying like a butterfly. What does the Word of God tell us, church? In Isaiah 40, 31, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with what? With wings. They shall run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Amen? You see, the reality is God wants you and I, and man, I, I'm not just making this up. God wants you and I to fly. He created us to fly like eagles. We shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint in the midst of whatever trial or tribulation that you're going through. If God wants one thing for you, He wants you to be able to soar above the problems and above the struggles and above the trials and the tribulations of your life. And the reality is, listen to me, when you and I have patience, it doesn't matter what's going on in our life, you can still fly above those things. 
instead of crawling in the midst of them. And the sad reality is far too often we live our entire Christian life crawling through the difficulties instead of flying over them. Why? Because we have not allowed the virtue of patience to complete its work in our life. 